Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Fort Gary Fire Trucks, makers of one tough truck. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Pleased today to be joined by the president of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs, Fire Chief John McKierney who is also the fire chief in Whistler, British Columbia, and he joins us there. Uh, John, thank you very much for taking the time today. Thank you, Tom. Uh, very much appreciate uh, your time, and, and I also thank Firefighting Canada for, for reaching out and allowing uh, our audience uh, to maybe get a better understanding of the, the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs and the role it plays in our uh, uh, national fire service. Incredible times. I mean, we've used every adjective that we can to describe this. Uh, just for you, I mean, you've been around the service uh, uh, like a lot of us for for some time, and unprecedented. What do you what do you make of this uh, as we grow day to day with the, with pandemic? You know, fire services across the country has has, has brought out their uh, SARS pandemic response. They brought out their H one N one response. I was the fire chief in the city of Vancouver uh, during those times. We, we were ready to go. We had no idea of the magnitude we were about to encounter in 2020. The challenges we, we face as first responders, and it's, no, you know, it's, it's recognized everywhere, it's, it's the essential workers as well. Uh, as first responders, you know, the real challenges we, we, we face here is that we need to be in close proximity to be able to respond, and this hidden enemy uh you, you just don't know where it is and and we're we've been working somewhat blind although getting a little bit more enlightened as as the uh, medical uh, experts and the scientists bring forward some uh, information that helps us be more prepared and, and try to stay safe this is going to change i think all of our plans uh on a go forward basis um and uh, you know and, and Certainly, I I can say this knowing that every chief officer, every police officer, every paramedic, all the fr uh, first responder frontline staff are willing to do this. But care and health of our staff has to be forefront. When was as we manage this emergency, and I mean, I like to think, or I often say that. Every time we see something, and you mentioned H1N1 and SARS going back, that as a result of the fact that we do emergency management differently every every year we change, has this had an impact on the way we're responding to this, do you think? Yeah, it is. It's, it's got us now, you know, some of the protocols. Again, when you look back to H1N1, it was we had supplies, we, had the, we, we knew the type of PPE we should be using. We came into this. Uh, in the early stages, not really knowing uh, what was the correct PPE. And then when we did amp up to uh, ensure that our firefighters were going forward with the right equipment, we find ourselves not being able to to have those stocks at this time, or we're, we're very, very thin on them. And there's no real indication at, at this time how soon we'll get that. We've been working as representatives of the fire service through the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs we are bringing that forward that fire first responders need to be viewed as part of the healthcare system. I mean, typically our, our bandwidth is in the public safety side uh, for most of our work, but you know, uh, you know, roughly about 60% of the 60, maybe even more now, probably 75 or even greater in the next coming weeks, firefighters will be performing medical calls more so than anything else. And so 
we are bringing this forward to uh, the Public Health Agency of Canada that firefighters across our country has to be viewed as part of the healthcare system and has to be able to get the right equipment in order to, you know, be uh, ensure that the other parts of the health community are not overburdened unnecessarily. We are part of that that equation right now. There's a there's a I guess a bit of an identity crisis. I'm thinking back in terms of those many years ago when H1N1 was around. Not a lot of fire departments were involved in medical first response, and I think more so because a lot of us are now. Is that uh, having more of a microscope on what we're doing? It, yes, uh, yeah, it is. You know, we've evolved since those days when you and I were young in the service, Tom. You know, <laughs> we, we 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 got involved with some of this for various reasons. There was capacity issues. It was the right thing to do. But you know, our firefighters have evolved up. At the, right across this country, there's different tiers of uh, skills and willingness to, to tier into the provincial. If it is provincial, some some uh, ambulance services or paramedic services are municipal. Some are provincial. And right across this country, you know, the fire services either is either tiered in, or in fact, in some communities such as uh, Winnipeg and small communities in Alberta and, and probably elsewhere, the fire service is the primary responder. So. It is, you know, when we say fire rescue service, it really doesn't give a good illustration of what our firefighters right across this country do. We we are all hazards. Our people are highly trained, highly skilled, highly motivated in so many different domains. And medical is really right up there at the top. For many of those that have, and you mentioned the all hazard response, you know, many of those that may have uh, seen the article that was uh, that, that that is currently online at firefightinginCanada.com, that the emphasis is to remind the policy leaders that we are indeed all hazard responders. That's an important message. Tell us how important that is, more so, and is the message do you think being received? Well, it, it, it's it's vital. It, it's vital for, for the decision makers for the level, you know. Uh, Principles in government at both at all three levels of government, local, municipal, or uh, provincial, and and federal, to understand the depth of of abilities in firefighters across our country. We they see it when crisis strikes, uh, whether it's flood, whether it's wildfire, dovetailing into uh, you know um, working with wildfire uh, professionals as structural firefighters. Uh, dealing with ice storms and stuff, they see it at that time. But I think it it, it gets a little deaf in the non-crisis uh, time period. And and so we're taking this opportunity to remind our federal ministers and and uh, federal government and and provincial government, firefighters are there. They're they're a valued resource in the community. And please don't forget about them. They are they are on the front lines. They need the right equipment and and. You know, and because I've had the honor and privilege of working in a large department, uh, and now I've spent a year and a half working in a composite department uh, with a very, you know, a much smaller career workforce, but uh, also we have a large uh, paid on call volunteer workforce. It is just tremendous to see what people, how they give of themselves to not only you know, manage their family uh, as volunteers, manage their families through the day and, and, and go to work each and every day, but then give up their time nights and weekends to be to meet the certifications that are required to be able to respond. In this case here with our career firefighters, it, it's it, for me, it's it's been an enlightenment and it, it's just wonderful to see. And this is replicated right across our country. I mean, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 156,000 firefighters in this country, roughly about 20 
8,000, 20, 27,000 are career. The balance are uh, volunteer firefighters. Firefighters who respond when their pager goes off or whatever median is used to, to, to call to that emergency. And they are involving themselves in much of the same work that, that all the career firefighters are doing, albeit in, in reduced uh, you know, uh, call, to, uh, call volumes. So, so I take, having this uh, experience, Tom, has, has been truly wonderful. And I love my time as the fire chief in, in the city of Vancouver. I was there for 37 and a half years. Awesome. Just a, a, a great organization, committed men and women. And I come over to a small smaller organization here that's a competent department. And I see uh, a, a same commitment, same professionalism, but a whole different um, culture uh, that, that uh, is, you know, uh, that has to be. And, and so I, I take my hat off to all our firefighters, uh, whether career, whether composite, whether volunteer, or, you know, we're all very proud of you. It's important, and I, I talk to people, you know, I, have, I was asked the question early on about, you know, in our fire department, for example, having staffing concerns, you know, and I said, you need to understand that in the volunteer fire paid on call world, we always have staffing concerns, and I don't see that as any different during a pandemic. I, your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. You know, I know there's uh, there's a number of changes because of what's going on right now in in uh, departments. Volunteers in, in and I know your community, Tom, and, and and that's replicated right across this country. You know, the the uh, the, the requirements for our our paid on call or our volunteer firefighters to to be to maintain their skill and to keep their certifications to do the work that they're they've held their hand up to do is amazing amount of effort and amount of time. And it really, it's a, it's a, it's a big challenge to, to all the communities that rely on, on volunteer firefighters. What we see also happening right now in, in, uh, and what we're making plans for is in composite departments where when the career firefighters may come, to, you know, may become infected and can't come to work, they will, will be working. They'll be working side by side with, their paid on call uh, counterparts to ensure that we can still deliver the emergency services that uh, that are very very necessary in all our communities. And that's you no know, that'll be the same right across this country. I think at the end of the day, there's going to be uh, all the plans that we prepared back in the day of H1N1 in 08 and uh, SARS in 03. There'll be a reference, but there's going to be a whole new approach at the end of this. You talked about the role, uh, alluded to the role of the of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs, and and what role you play uh, in the in the response. I mean, kind of a two pronged approach, would you not think? That you're a conduit for information. Of course, the fire service we reach out to CAFC to find out more information, uh, but also that important role ensuring the key messages are heard at the fire sector. How is that balanced to to represent the fire service and also be there for the fire service? Yeah, um, the balance that we're trying to mean, uh, trying to always put forward is that the Canadian Association, uh, the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs, is a conduit for all our fire services across our country. We we have the National Advisory Council, which are the elected, which are really the provincial, the territorial, and the affiliate uh, bodies across our country that are part of that you know, kind of mesh into the board of directors for the CFC. So they're, uh, you know, the board, which is really six or seven elected board members, we really take our guidance uh, back and forth between 
the, the, the elected fire chiefs, if you like, from across our country. And so that's how that goes together. The CFC doesn't represent every fire department across our country is currently with the CFC. And we want to encourage that because we, we really see ourselves as uniting the voice of the fire service across. What we are doing, and we'd like your listeners to know, Tom, that uh, you know we've been on the CFC webpage. We have a COVID-19 page that, that speaks to the most current information. And we're going to be opening that up. And, and offering that for free to all fire services. It'll, it's, it'll be under a, what's called a temporary membership option. And we want to just make sure that at this time that all firefighters across our country through their fire chiefs uh, can get access to the most current information uh, that the C- CFC and the staff are pulling together and putting there so as a reference point. And we also on that um, page that they'll have access to will is the chief's chat room. And we have a COVID-19 chief's chat room that is building out that's being used. And it'll be uh, an option for, you know, departments that maybe at this time uh, aren't part of the CFC or maybe they just have such a structure that they, they haven't been able to get there. This will be a, an option for them while we go through this. Excellent, uh, excellent opportunity and excellent uh, move uh, on behalf of the association for sure. When this is all said and done, moving forward, what will come out of this for the association? Obviously, uh, something, I guess, lessons learned or or improvements or things that you go, this is how we can do things different. Yes, no, it's a good question. I, you know, I, I mean this in the most respectful way when I say never drive by a good crisis. I think this is... Uh, I think what you're going to see is the fire service here, once again, is leaning forward and the CFC is going to uh, be there to watch and learn and listen from our fire services and take that message to Public Safety Canada, to Public Health Agency of Canada. And really, uh, one of the conduits that we've been trying to move forward from a federal level to respect and be a a strong uh, presence and advocate for our, our fire service across Canada is to to operationalize a uh, uh, fire rescue secretariat in Ottawa that is there, that speaks on a daily basis to uh, the ministers and, and the staff, if you like. Uh, you know, when you, you talk about, uh, you know, some 3,800 fire departments across this country, you talk about 156 firefighters, how we can uh, be better prepared for the next COVID-19 or the next whatever's coming from a, from a communication standpoint, from an equipment uh, standardization standpoint, um, so that you know all these things, uh, lessons learned this time, we don't have to repeat some of the same problems because we we want to be there and really at the highest level determine where we could have done better and and what did work very well. I think uh, was something we haven't touched on and I wanted to uh, as well was. There's a lot of people uh, from the fire service in terms of the paid on calls or the careers that are having a hard time, I think, dealing with this emotionally and mentally. And this is going to be a big factor, I think, coming out of this. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the, on the mental wellness side of, of what we're doing in preparation and response? Oh, uh, well, and, and Tom, is, and I know you've been a strong advocate, the fire service for quite a number of months now, or even in years, really been trying to operationalize uh, a program, whether it's, it's R2MR or whether it's uh, Resilient Mind, something that is an operational product that firefighters can learn and be prepared in self-care and and be able to take some of the knowledge into the the work that they do, so they understand when they're dealing with people that are that are coming at them with strong mental health issues, uh, so that they can go home and 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 not take their their work home and uh, to their families and 
and have that kind of mental health first aid. This is what, what's happening now is we're already seeing the impacts of this. For a lot of communities right now, nothing's moving. People are at home. Uh, they're, they're, they're worried about their families. They're worried about their kids maybe going out and playing. It's, it's a really difficult time for everybody right now. And our firefighters are no different. They're the ones that are coming to work and, and they're, they're keeping their distance uh, both at work and everywhere else to ensure that they don't become infected uh, while they do their work. And, you know, the worrisome of taking that home to their loved ones. Uh, I know in my community here, we had uh, two of our firefighters that came back uh, uh, from the United States and, you know, went into self-isolation and all those things that uh, we had to giddy up and go that we didn't maybe have the uh, concrete plans to support them. You know, we do now. We're getting smarter and we're learning. And we hope that that is something that we as a fire service, we can bring that forward in so that, uh, you know, next time we're all prepared for this. So, but a great, great question. The, the, uh, the amount of uh, mental health affect onto our firefighters through the work they do is, is I, I, I can say being in this business almost 40 years is the, the uptake in the last couple of years has been tremendous. It's so respectful to see that there is a real focus on the disastrous effects of, of not doing something about the, the mental health needs of our firefighters. I, I, I fear for the smaller departments that uh, that may suffer from this. The, the, the families, as you say, that might say to the husband or the wife that, that, uh, that you didn't sign up for this and, uh, you know, it's time to rethink your involvement in the fire, uh, in the fire department. I, I think that's, uh, that's a real fear. Oh yeah, no, I, it, absolutely. I mean, it, you can only you put so much strain on anybody. I mean, firefighters are human, right? They have, they have the same complexities as any other person in your community, except that they, they live by, uh, in your, uh, to your question, Tom, they, 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 they have a pager that goes off in the middle of the night and they have to go out and deal with that emergency. And now it, there's a hidden enemy there. And it, what's probably top of mind for them and certainly their loved ones is when you come back from there, what have you been involved in? What have you touched? How, how did you deal with decon? You know, uh, you know, when we hear, uh, you know, we're getting different levels of information on this, but when we hear when, that the, this particular virus, uh, you know, can stay on solid surfaces for, you know, greater than three days, that's got to be a major uh, concern. For, that is a major concern for all our firefighters that go out, deal with something, and then come back and wonder, okay, did I decon? Did I, did I shower? Did I take all the necessary precautions that I don't bring this home to my loved ones? I'd like to give a message or leave people with a message that I think we will get through this. Uh, we will be stronger as a fire service, as a society. Uh, would you agree from, from both perspectives? Oh, absolutely, Tom. I, we've seen it time and time again. Every time uh, a, a major catastrophe or crisis comes about, firefighters, all first responders, they step up, they, they, they lean forward, and, and then we retool. You, you've been in this business as long as I have. When you think back, you know, 39 years and think of what we did then and the tools we used and the skills we had to where we are today, there's no question in my mind that tomorrow uh, there'll be uh, firefighters will take on even greater uh, responsibility and greater skills and certifications in order to adapt and manage whatever comes to their community. 
hats off to the CAFC for the steps uh, that have been taken that you've mentioned today. Uh, and again, a reminder that uh, folks, no matter whether your uh, your department, uh, your chief is a member of the association or not, that very soon uh, you'll have access through the website to all of the features, the chat rooms, and, and the info on COVID-19. That'll, that'll be out there soon, will it? It will, yes. We're working on that. It should be within a, a day or two. We're just uh, we had a, a going you know, with the board yesterday. Everybody is uh, sees the merit of this, and so we just got to deal with the IT uh, side of the house. But uh, our staff at CFC works diligently, and they, they said, "No, nope, we're going to make this work." An awesome step. Uh, Fire Chief John McKerney is the uh, president of the Canadian Association of Fire Chiefs and has uh, joined us today from his department in Whistler, BC. Chief, thanks very much. Thank you, Tom, to you. Uh, appreciate your time and to Firefighting Canada for taking the time to allow this message you know, to, to go to your audience and, and all our firefighters across our country. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Fort Gary Fire Trucks, makers of one tough truck. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes. <laughs>